0: Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Primers to this issue sixty-two of the DC Primetime Podcast. Uh, from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And
1: from the caffeine crew cast of pods, also on next level radioonline.com. I have to say that just because of the uh, end of our podcast last
0: week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um uh, I am uh, your other host, Rob Martin.
0: And I am fresh off the heels of my time my weekend at harrisburg comic-con um i will express how good my weekend was in two words holy shit
1: um Uh, or or i can give you three words i need sleep i need sleep (laughs) yes those are
0: those are more important words right now i am so exhausted right (laughs) right now Um, i can tell you right now uh, without going into too many details, because I have so many stories I would love to share, but they would fill so much time and I'm tired. Um, and plus, you know, we have a lot of penultimate episodes to talk about. So, um, but I can tell you right now, over the course of this weekend, um, I became friends with a couple celebrities. I made great contact with some of their handlers for the future. Uh, I moderated six panels, seven if you include the next level panel um, that Adam and I did where we talked about some summer movies coming out, uh, which is actually pretty fun, uh, believe it or not. Adam and I just shooting the shit on stage about uh, the way we feel about some of these upcoming summer films. And we did talk about Wonder Woman quite a bit in one of them too, as well as Justice League. Uh, six, pan- six panels, seven if you include that one, and one, two, three, four one-on-one interviews i think um six if you include the crashers uh which um without going into too many too much detail uh i did the panels my co-host adam my co-host from the showcast and co-creator next level did the uh the one-on-one interviews while i was his cameraman and we did interviews with uh randy havens who plays uh mr clark from uh stranger things he was a really nice guy uh we got a one-on-one with david ramsey uh who you know as diggle from arrow uh whose panel i also moderated and we did get we got a one-on-one it started as a one-on-one with Michelle Harrison, who you know as Nora Allen, Barry's mom from The Flash. However, that one-on-one was crashed by Brett Dalton, who you would know as Grant Ward from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which in essence was crashed by Matt Letcher, who plays Eobard Thawne from The Flash. Uh And then Matt left, Brett left, and it was back to a one-on-one. But that was probably the highlight of the weekend was those two gentlemen... um crashing that panel it was so much fun i don't think i've ever laughed so much as i did this weekend at a con um and i enjoyed i got so many compliments not only from the audio techs, from the people i was on stage with and the people that run the con but con goers who just stopped me as i was walking the floor and said i did fantastic i did a fantastic job um moderating i love hearing things like that um it's not anything i do to toot my own horn it actually means more to me coming from the con goers than it does um the people that run the convention uh because those are the people that you're trying to appease so when you hear them tell you um that's that means so much to me and i um it meant so much to hear it from so many people because they don't know you. They don't have to tell you those kind of things. So the fact that they stop you and they tell you that it's is awesome. And Harrisburg Comic Con has already invited me back to be their panel moderator for next year. So um, such an incredible experience. Uh, it, it'll be my recommendation later on in the podcast too. But over the course of the next week, you're going to see so much material from the panels to the interviews to the pictures. Um you're, you're going to see it all pop up over the course of the next week. So keep an eye out for that stuff. Good stuff. I was, I'm tired just talking about it.
1: Man. <laughs> you sailed it, man. <laughs> so I, I gotta, I gotta ask. So I think if I was Matt Lesnar, I'd probably, if I was at the same convention as Michelle Harrison, I would just like, stalk her throughout the convention and just be kind of like so we you you want to go for the hat trick we can just kill you here so (laughs) well it's funny too because i
0: (laughs) i have to say last year at harrisburg comic-con was actually michelle harrison's first ever convention um she had never done anything that like that before i have the honor this year of actually being able to say i was the first moderator of a panel that matt letcher has been on He, this, this year at Harrisburg Comic Con was his first convention ever. So not only was he, this was Harrisburg his first convention, I was the first person to ever moderate a panel for Matt Letcher. Um, and it was great because when I did the introductions, you know, I went out, I warmed up the crowd, I introduced them. Uh, they both came out, they sat down. And, you know, I had said, uh, I think my exact words were, it's not every day you get to share the stage with the person who murdered you and framed your husband. Uh, so I, um, that it was, it was a lot of fun. And Matt for his first con and his first panel was so engaging. He was so warm to the crowd. Uh, The crowd loved him. And, um, I'm pretty sure this is not the last convention he's going to do. I hope to see him on the circuit again.
1: Ah, fantastic.
0: And they were sitting next to each other. Their tables were next to each other the whole time. So they, they interacted quite a bit throughout the day.
1: Uh, good stuff man I can't wait to check out
0: everything so. oh God I can't wait to post it that that Bret that interview where Brett Dalton and Matt Letcher um uh, crashed like I'm gonna edit it for like the next level Facebook page and the and the DC primetime Facebook page but I think I'm gonna be posting that on my personal page unedited just because I want people to see it that bad it was so damn funny nice so uh <laughs> let's get to let's get to the meat of yeah, the podcast. Uh, we,
1: we got three really damn big episodes to discuss this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't think we can waste any time because um, I know you're exhausted, but we also have to do these episodes justice because I think they did us justice.
0: I do. So. I, I agree with that completely. Uh, let's start with the bullet points where we give you uh, It is bullet points, right? I'm tired. Yeah. Um, Yep. Okay. Good. Making sure Uh, where we give (laughs) each of the three episodes uh, our one of three point rating, that being sidekick, hero, or legend. Starting off first with Supergirl season two episode twenty one. What do you give this episode? Well, here here's a question for you.
1: So, are you giving one ranking across the board this week? Because I'm about to.
0: Um. No, Uh, I do have a couple different. On okay. this one. Uh, there is one episode that kind of um, uh, is, is a little bit lower than the other two. Okay, okay. Uh, It's not to say it was not a great episode, but we'll get to that. So, um, Okay. Well,
1: I, I'm going to say right off the bat, Supergirl turned it around big time for me this week. Legend. No question about it in my mind at all.
0: Nope. I agree with you completely. This one is an absolute legend and for making us wait this long uh, for the payoff man did they set it up for something big in the finale
1: um, yeah they, they really really did an amazing job of it and all those little dangling plot threads we like how are they going to cram this all in man for 42 minutes they achieved so much
0: yep agree with that 100 uh next up we have the flash season three episode 22 uh, i'm assuming you're a legend on this one as well
1: absolutely
0: uh so many feels in this episode especially at the end um i'm a legend on this one
1: as well i've got some big big theories to discuss once we uh
0: i have a theory as well so who knows we might have the same theory
1: very true
0: uh and last we have arrow season five episode 22 uh sidekick hero or legend
1: you know what? Uh, I'm giving it a legend, still a lower legend, but you know what? I think it's only because I'm so excited for next week, and the fact that everything's going to go down in one single episode, I am so incredibly excited, and honestly, I really love what they did. It was it was a setup episode, but it was necessary setup, and I think the payout is going to be worth it. This almost feels like a two-parter, so I'm giving it the legend.
0: Okay, Uh, I'm going hero. I'm going high hero. Very high hero, like borderline legend. Uh, And again, that's not to say that this is a bad episode. I think this was a fantastic episode. Um, But uh, it's like you said, it was primary. The episode was pretty much set up um, Mm -hmm. for it. Not anything extremely huge with the exception of a couple characters returning uh, to set up the finale. But um, yeah, I went very high hero on this one.
1: I think the main reason too. I haven't had chills uh, watching an episode like that since I think I saw the original Force Awakens trailer. Just that end end moment and just seeing Manuel Bennett, I'm like, yep, it's getting it. It's worth it. And I just had this rush after me, and I'm like, I am so excited for Wednesday night. So
0: I'm 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 excited for this whole week, man. Mm -hmm. so uh all right let's jump back and start things off of course with supergirl season two episode 21 titled resist supergirl struggles to decide whether or not to obey the president's orders regarding reya's last latest actions meanwhile cat grant uh, cat grant so awesome uh cat grant returns to national city um god i missed calista Flockhart in this episode or i mean in the series Uh, like oh god she's so great to this series and i never thought i'd ever say i missed calista Flockhart, but (laughs) (laughs) i did when you see her return this week i just she's so missed for this show
1: yeah having her back and i would say that was one of the key reasons this episode got what it got from me as far as that review she just was so integral to everything um but I loved just having her there as the voice of reason, and then just that inspiration for Kara this episode, everything about it just made me incredibly happy. Um, there was not a single thing I think I could say about this episode that I didn't like, uh, with the exception of maybe at times, like, for those that are not maybe of the same political affiliation as the writers of the show, I think maybe they could have been a little heavy-handed in a couple little spots, but you know what? I it made me smile every time that happened though <laughs> so yeah and i was just like wow they are just not holding back um even this the episode title resist i mean they really felt like they had a, a political message they were trying to get across in this episode and i mean it's something they've been doing a lot this season in general but man they uh they were not afraid on this episode to swing to the fences with that stuff and i think it worked for them i think it paid off for them incredibly well
0: maybe it's just me but um I didn't really pick up on any political message. Um I kind of when it comes to shows like this, I kind of phase that out and and I try not to look for that. So I didn't really see it in this episode.
1: Well, I will say there was one that was really hard not to see, which was or here which was uh her 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 statement of he's like, you know, it's like and you know, forget people's promises of trying to make this, this world great again and I'm like, ooh, they're yeah. going to get back they're going to get backlash I think on that one. But, uh, you know, like this, there was quite a few of those sprinkled throughout, but I will say um, it functioned fantastically. I was really, really uh, just surprised with uh, the quality of the episode. And, like, again, we got the Cadmus tie back in, which was great to see. Um, like I said, Rea, you know, feels like a villain, but we know things are going to be quite interesting before all this wraps up, so... And then we got to see Clark for like a half a second at the end there. So
0: Well, we kind of we kind of revealed that or predicted that last week that it was going to be just a teaser of, yeah, of Tyler was this week.
1: Be, we, we knew it was going to be a stinger. I mean, we didn't know that going in, but it was pretty clear that's what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So I, I, that wasn't anything too concerning. I kind of had a feeling that when we saw him and it was the stinger, I was like, well, we kind of predicted that. So um, not anything that disappointed me at all when it came to that. Um, I do have to say, Cat Grant, uh, my line of the week this week. Um, and uh, what I, the other thing I really enjoyed about this episode, too, is the fact that this is the first time I think in a while we've gotten pieces of the entire cast. Um, we, you know, we got Maggie, we got Guardian, uh, you know, we got James, we got Wynne, we got pretty much everybody in this episode.
1: Yeah, with the exception of John, who is comatose at the moment. We, we saw him lay in a bed and that was it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but, I'm, but I mean, at least we knew where he was and we did see him. So, um, uh, you know, that didn't disappoint me at all. I, I have a feeling he's going to be back in the finale in one form or another. So I, I was okay with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I will say my line of the week um, <laughs> comes at a moment towards the end of the episode when Guardian comes jumping through the window at the end of um and you <laughs> that know was mine this
1: week too oh was it really when uh-huh.
0: <laughs> when she's like oh thanks james no i'm guardian please i can see your eyes like i was like <laughs> leave it to cat grant to be the one person who can see through everything and it's brilliant i i yeah. loved it so much
1: yeah no i think everything about that was great i, I just loved that setup of all that And it's like you know where's james it's like shouldn't he be here covering? You know he, what's probably a, the biggest story. Yeah. He's a he's he's a coward. He's a coward. <laughs> and where's everybody else. <laughs> she's a coward too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it makes me wonder though if he if Cat Grant can see that James is guardian. Does she in essence know that Kara is Supergirl?
1: More than likely, I would anticipate that's the case.
0: I I would think that maybe by the end of the finale, by the end of this season, I think we might get the reveal that Cat knows that Kara is Supergirl.
1: Yeah, I think there's a high chance of it.
0: And I'd be okay with it. Mm -hmm. I'd be absolutely uh, okay with it.
1: I mean, it was kind of funny when I was trying to figure out my line of the week, and I'm like, can it just be everything Cat Grant said this entire episode? Because I don't think there was anything that was not... Potentially a runner-up, like almost every time. She woke and I'm like, well, that could be a potential. Oh, no, that's that's it. And I'm like, and then it got to the James one. And I'm like, that's the most fresh in my mind. Yep, there was a <laughs> that one's gonna stick.
0: Madeline, so. how are you? Of course, <laughs> I got off the plane, and <laughs> like she's she's so good, and I loved it. Again, never thought I would ever say I missed Calista Blackheart in my life, um, but I loved it. I do have, however, I have one complaint about this episode and again it's so minute it didn't really take anything away but it was distracting at time that i saw it um i was very disappointed um in the makeup job of cyborg superman this week uh it doesn't look like it's half his face it how do i phrase it it doesn't look like the underneath of his face is a skull, which is what Cyborg Superman is. Instead, it looks like it's a plate over top. And there were actually times where David Harewood was speaking that you could see it shake. Yeah, um, That, to me, was very distracting because it was it was not that good of a makeup job.
1: Well, I mean, it's it hasn't been. I mean, it, that just the fact that we've had that plate this entire season, I've been like, oh, you guys can do so much better than this. I know you can. And the fact that they're just that's the one that's the one big you know nitpick i've had this season um that's been driving me nuts consistently is every time i see him and i'm like that like cyborg-esque look that they're giving him does not work uh because that's cyborg stick not cyborg superman stick you know yeah. so
0: yeah exactly hey. Cause, yeah because cyborg superman is supposed to be underneath it's an exoskeleton you know um, or an endoskeleton rather, not an exoskeleton. So, um yeah, I just I wasn't crazy about it, and it kind of it, it just kind of uh, bothered me a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's okay. It's been bugging me all season. I mean, the fact that they like like please change this. Find a way to just do something. Yeah, you do great CG with so much uh so much other stuff. You have great people at the CW that are capable of doing this. Just. Just do it. He has not been in that many episodes. I can't imagine the cost to do that would be insane. yeah so
0: yeah, I don't know. Uh, what were some of your other moments of this episode that kind of stick out to you?
1: uh you know what I, I'm trying to just mentally recap everything. I mean, I think just I think the the moment that you saw Linda Carter as the president again just in the midst of all these things and finding out like hey, you know, like back in Invasion when we're like, hey, that ship, uh, are they the Durlins? And then we're like, nope, it's uh, Largand and Rhea. And I'm like, huh, I could have I could have swore they were going to do the Durlins. What did you know? They did a Durlin. It's <laughs> the president. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was kind of – but you know what? Like I said, I the one other gripe there is in this episode – so Air Force One is shot down. Kara saves Cat Grant and not the president. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense to you? <laughs> uh, I thought
0: about that as well, and it made me. I'm like, yeah, you save a, a owner of a media conglomerate over the 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 uh, the run, the leader. Yeah, it, the leader, leader of the free world. <laughs> exactly. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. Kara's yeah, got her priorities mixed up yeah. a little bit.
1: Uh, but you know what, I think there was a lot of great moments. I, I love the fact that you got to watch Lena and Monel in a very uncomfortable situation and just the way that they carried themselves through the whole ceremony. Uncomfortable them, si-
0: t- uncomfortable situation. You mean marriage? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so um <laughs> uh,
1: but like just as that was playing out, like just their facial reactions through those whole things, like it was just pure disgust and they both had it so well and every time that you saw their faces it was hard not to kind of chuckle at the situation. Um but you know, I I will say uh, the stuff that we got to see with Maggie and Alex this week was really enjoyable. Of them infiltrating, and then uh, then just Lillian Luther coming into the mix with Cadmus and watching Kara have to make a really insanely difficult call, and one that we could see that was going to uh, screw screw them over in the end. But I love the fact that they like you know, they planned for it. They were like, no, we we knew you were not going to uh, help us through this all, in with the Phantom Zone projector and. Obviously, that Phantom Zone projector, I guarantee, will be coming back in a big way this coming week when we see Zod. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was – I think they did a really good job of pulling this all together. Like I said, the invasion felt really intense. It had this great cinematic quality to it when you saw the streets ripped apart. Um, You know, you could feel the chaos that was happening in National City. It, It had this grittier feel that I think the show has not had before. And I think they succeeded in a great way with showing what was happening in the streets. Um, and then just being able to see, yeah, again, it was Alex and Maggie and Guardian being like, we have to do what we can to keep the people safe. Carr's job is to figure out everything else right now. And that's that was the right call. I mean, the fact that the DEO was under attack and they couldn't use their home base and they are in a crappy little dive bar uh, planning their ops was great. But, I mean, any time, though, that the chips were down, Cat Grant said something great and everybody got the kick in the ass that they needed and it's a great build up to where we're
0: going to head next week. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I mean, like you said in the in the previews the um that look forward to next week. You you did mention Zod already and we do see Zod. Uh so, I do we think Zod is going to be a stinger for the for the next season or do we think he's actually going to play into the plot line of this?
1: I think he's going to play into the plot line of this actually. And I was a little worried about that, but I think that is indeed what's going to happen. Um, that I have a feeling that he is involved in all of this situation with Rhea and is the one pulling the strings. So, uh, I, I, or maybe it is the one that was able to break Clark because uh, we know we're going to see this epic fight between Kara and Clark next week, or not even next week, tomorrow night, or tonight when you're listening to this. Yeah, I was so, just going
0: to say tonight. But so, yeah. yeah,
1: so I, I think that's how it's going to play out. Um, I, I'm not... 100% sold on that idea yet. Uh, I, I still feel a little off that Zod's going to be the next the next one in. But this is because we already came off of non the first season. So now we have Rhea, which is, you know, we have a Daxamite. And it's kind of like, well, we can only put her up against, uh you know, Kryptonians or somebody of equal strength. And I'm like, I really want you guys not be afraid to do something different. So.
0: Yeah, I, that's how I feel, too. So, I, I mean, I'm okay with them bringing in the Superman lore into the show um but eventually you've got to go into the supergirl and yeah. um you know you you've already had two seasons to to build up the show uh I mean I understand how you would do it in the first season even into the second season you stick with what's familiar to keep the audience engaged but you're now two seasons in into the third season um again I, I made this this comparison earlier on a couple weeks ago. Zod is is so key to Superman that I I almost feel like it's cheating Superman a little bit to throw this into a Supergirl. But we'll see what they do with it. I mean, we've been complaining over the past couple weeks that they weren't giving us what we needed leading into the finale. And then they completely turned it around this week uh, and changed our minds about it. So, yeah, I think
1: they delivered. I really do think they delivered. I I still think this is on the lesser tier of these shows for this, you know, all these shows for the season. Um, just because there was so many times we're just waiting and wondering, what are you guys doing? I don't even know who the big bad is. That is a problem that I do have to address for next season, because that's one of the lingering things that happened from season one. Um, so I do hope they get a, the opportunity to address, I think, their only major criticism I have of the show left. I mean, you know, there are, are obviously going to be like tiny little issues that are still going to linger in there in any show. Um, but this is, I think, the one thing I really want to make sure that they or hope that they uh, turn around in season three. Uh, give us a, a story that we have an idea where it's going instead of, you know, pulling the cover off of our eyes, like, you know, the penultimate episode of the season. And you're like, oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else about Supergirl before we move into all the feels of The Flash?
1: Uh, I, I Again, I'm really excited for... Um, the finale. I'm really excited for the finale.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am too. We know that Cat Grant is is still going to be sticking around for the finale. So we'll see how that goes. We know that Tyler Holcomb is coming back as Superman. Uh, and we're also getting uh, Mark Gibbon playing General Zod. So yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting.
1: Uh, I'm just like I said again I, I'm just so excited to see Tyler Hotchman back donning the cape again for more than just a stinger because I love his Superman so much I am so excited to see him tomorrow
0: yeah absolutely I mean he like I said he his appearance in the in the premiere of the season uh, turned me completely back around into the positive after Man of Steel ruining it for me so I, I'm excited that he's he's gonna be there cool uh, let's talk Flash Season 3, Episode 22, Infantino Street. Barry chooses to use any means necessary to save the woman he loves. The Flash turns to Captain Cold for help. Uh, I want to say right off the bat, loved how they handled the Captain Cold situation in this one. We found out that he goes back to, I think it's 1889 or 1899. 18- 19-
1: 1892 in Siberia.
0: 1892. So. Okay, um, to get him, and we see the Wave Rider in the background when he picks him up. So we know exactly that he is out and about with the Legends right now. He has not died as of yet, uh, but we do know. We do find out also at this point that the team does know Leonard has died. Um, you know, because Cisco even says like he be dead. I think those were his exact words too. Yeah, it he, was
1: he be dead. He be dead.
0: <laughs> so I was kind of. Hoping at some point throughout this episode when we got um, uh, Wentworth Miller coming back as as snart, I was almost kind of hoping for a little interaction between him and Caitlin uh, as Killer Frost, even if it was just a creative little pun towards one another uh, about being cold or chill or something like that. Uh, It didn't happen, but that doesn't mean I I was still disappointed with the episode.
1: Hey, you know what? There's a high chance that could happen next season still because – They're showing that they can pull him any time that they want to because they can go to a timeline that they know, you know, he still exists in regardless. So I think that's a great, great way. Like, it doesn't lessen his sacrifice at the end because you still know where his his character ends up when all is said and done. But he's not off the board. And I love the fact that they made it work here. uh, And I'm glad they didn't do anything to potentially change his fate or lessen uh, his sacrifice in Season 1 of Legends. So I'm really happy with how they're handling
0: this. Well, they kind of do in essence, though. I I think it's a little bit dangerous to do that because take into consideration if they pull him from that timeline and heaven forbid something happens to him and they can't return him, you've now screwed the Legends. So I don't know if it's anything that's worth the team risking to do. Um, I mean, especially considering that he was almost trapped in Argus this week uh, with Killer Shark, who could have taken him out easily. King Uh, Shark. King Oh, God. I'm
1: tired.
0: (laughs) I'm so tired.
1: That's why I'm here for you. I know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's still a risk for them to pull him from a timeline to return him uh, because, like I said, it's something happens to him. You've now screwed the Legends. Yeah. uh it's an opportunity to reboot the legends if you want to but uh, you know it's not anything i think the team should mess with
1: no I'm, but i mean like i said it does make for an interesting scenario if they pull him next season and he happens to accidentally find out um that he dies uh and maybe that causes a crisis uh there's so many things that can happen and i'm really excited to see them continuing to play with that idea because it would be really interesting to see how and what the ramifications would be if that were to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it was great seeing you know him come back. So I, I really loved the fact, and I really liked one of the other things I really liked about the whole thing with him and Captain Cold was the fact that we got to see Barry. Um, doing something to help theme without his powers because there was a dampener that would not allow him to run when he was in argus um it did bring up a question though uh we did see barry use the the device
1: the transmogrifier which comes it's my theory of what happened this week as well
0: okay um the transmogrifier we saw barry use to make himself uh look like lila and which makes me wonder how then does Tracy brand see HR because he was not using it. Mm -hmm. So she has to see him as he naturally is.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, My guess is she sees him normally when probably when he's at star labs, he looks one way when he has to go out and about, he probably uses it, but like I said, uh, let's n- wait to tackle that until we get to the end of the episode because there's something I really need to break down. All right, because it's ma- there-
0: it's making me think that your theory might is probably different than mine. So, well, it's going to be interesting.
1: The, yeah, so one of the other key key things that's in this episode, obviously, is we we have that wonderful heist that's in Argus, and I got to say watching Captain Cold and, you know, the Flash together. And I love, there's one great line near the end of the episode when Flash takes him back to Siberia. And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Maybe he's like, he's like, I don't know what it is. But the reason we work well together is you see the good in me and I see the bad in you. And it was just, I loved their dynamic together. I love the respect that they have for each other. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why he needs to still remain to be a part of flash his life in some way shape or form he absolutely has to because he brings something different to the table and he can kind of tap some, uh, into something with Barry that nobody else has the ability to um, and it's that really you know everybody's like oh you have to be a hero you have to do this you have to do this and he's just like oh you want me to look the other way he's like guess what not going to happen you know it was that moment where he's just kind of like you asked me to do this because you wouldn't care if you needed to kill King Shark yeah Um, and that was one of those things that I really love the fact that he basically called Barry on his bullshit. And he doesn't, he's not afraid to, where everybody else still kind of handles Barry with kid gloves sometimes. And it's kind of like, well, you know, he is the, uh, the experienced hero out of all of us. He's the one that sacrifices the most. Captain Cold doesn't care. I I love that. He's just like, no, bullshit. He's like, you're better than me. Prove it. So,
0: yeah. And, and I like the fact, too, even with the interaction when, the, you know, at the one point in Argus, when Barry asked for the gun, um, you know, Leonard called him out and said, you know, like, this is the, you're the murdering type or you don't want me to see that you're the murdering type or however he uh, addressed it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love the interaction between the two of them. And that heist was great. And I love the um, oh God. All right. I know I'm going to screw this up. Um, make the plan follow the plan wait for the plan to fail
1: throw away the way throw plan. away
0: the plan mm-hmm. and i loved it and it came up twice and one of my absolute other favorite things about the entire interaction between barry and leonard snart um was at the end of it right before he left we got no strings on me it's on me
1: oh god that that was the start of the feels for this episode, <laughs> because when I heard that, I'm like, I kind of, like, got a little glassy-eyed, and I'm like, oh, I, he, I, I'm so sad that he's dead. Um, yeah. And Kat's looking at me, she's like, what, what's, what's going on? And, like, you know, my wife's sitting there looking at me, and I'm like, that was what he said before he died. And she's like, Oh, <laughs> <That's kind of laughs> Now fun-tossing. I have feels. She's like, I have the feels <laughs> now, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, like I said, I loved their interaction. And, again, I loved just when they're dealing with King Shark, it, it was just his, like, I watch a lot of Shark Week. <laughs> he's like, I'm not an expert, but I do I, – he's like, I watch Shark Week. I'm not an expert. <laughs> so,
0: And I, I love the fact, too, that somehow the wave Rider has cable. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, and I, I love it. It brought a little bit of that quirkiness from Legends uh, over to Flash, and it's it's, again – I loved having Leonard Snart back on and cause it was, it was so good. But as you had mentioned also at the same time, before we get into all the feels, cause that was pretty much the no strings on me. You're absolutely right. Was pretty much the beginning of the feels for that episode leading all the way up until the very last second of the episode. Um, but you know, we did find out something that we've been saying forever. They finally did it. Why don't you just take. Iris to a different earth and hide her away. Um, and unfortunately while it was a good plan, it, it it they were tricked. I mean and and you feel so bad for HR, the fact that he gave up where she was completely unintentionally uh, but leads you even more into the fact that like he now even more so than he did before. He feels like he's a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's the brilliance of, you know, Tom Cavanaugh in this episode playing two different versions of Wells again, you know, playing HR and then playing Harry on Earth, too. Uh, It was great seeing him playing both parts, but you can't help but feel bad for HR because, you know, you know, in your heart as the viewer and you know that Barry and the rest of the team feel the same way. He did not mean that. Like, this is for the first time, like, he had every bit of good intentions, but he was completely duped this time. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: before we get into the, the thick of things here, you know, let's. Uh, there's one last thing I gotta bring up, though, too, with the Captain Cold and Barry stuff, which was King Shark as well. Um, I don't know if it was just me, but I just... I was so giddy when you saw the fin cut up through the cloud of uh, of cold, <laughs> uh, and it was just all the shark, like, all those little shark moments that they love throwing in those kind of style horrors, horror movies and horror scenes. Man, they just did a beautiful job with getting that one across, and there was a nice eerie feel to that. I absolutely loved it.
0: I was, I was giddy even before that. I was giddy when Snart says it reminds me of Jaws when Jaws. they didn't have enough budget to show the shark. Uh
1: huh. And
0: I'm thinking, I'm like, that's exactly this episode. We uh-huh. only got a little bit of King Shark, and, <laughs> and then once, and then he goes away with the smoke be probably because they did not have the budget to show him the entire time. I know. So it was his line, you know, I compare it to Jaws when they didn't have enough budget to show the shark. Okay, that's exactly what's going on in this episode. I thought that was so brilliant.
1: Yeah, I like the fact that they, they know their limitations and they're willing to write jokes about them. And I think that was the best thing they could have done because I love the way that they handled that. That whole thing worked flawlessly. And again, really good humor in that moment. And a really good sense of urgency with everything that was happening. Uh, one of the things we didn't get into, I got to bring up because we got to rewind to the very beginning of the episode because we're going to bookend it at the end. Very different kind of opening for the Flash um, this week. Uh, kicking it off with music, um, and we're bookended. We bookend this episode with that same song. I loved the fact that they did this. Um, I, it, you could feel the weight of this episode. Uh, and for 42 minutes, I don't think there's been a single episode out of any of the shows this season that they managed to pack that much into. And you're like, there's no way that they're going to do the things we think they may do this episode. There's no chance at hell. I'm like, nope, they're totally doing it. And it didn't feel rushed. Not a single moment of this episode felt rushed. It was just water wall packed.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with that completely. I mean, it was. it's one of those things that just... Uh, like I don't even know how to how to put it completely into words because uh, the book ending with the music was something that I didn't even really notice until. Maybe towards the end of the episode, like when I like when the music first started playing, I didn't it didn't click right away that that was the music from the opening of the episode. It was more towards the end of it, Um but I loved that it came around full circle like that and this we knew going into this episode that this was the final 24 hours of Iris's life. At least we hoped that it wouldn't be. This was supposedly the final 24 hours. So we knew everything was coming down to this. But like you said, thinking that were they going to f- everything into this episode, uh and they did. I honestly thought that this was going to go into the finale. This final 24 hours was going to go into the finale. Uh, and it didn't. And the way it ended, I- I've seen videos online of people recording their reactions to it Mm -hmm. and crying to how this episode ended um it's one of those things that i actually had the chance to talk to michelle harrison about is the emotion that this show brings uh you know every time nora allen is on the screen this episode is a prime example of that there's so much emotion to this show and this episode this episode was the sad feels i have a feeling next week um i have not watched a promo for it I, I'm fully admitting that. Um, I have a feeling next week is the anger that's going to come out because of everything that happened this episode.
1: Ah. Uh, well. Am I wrong? Uh, I I have seen it. Um, I, I don't know what to say yet because uh, it's really going to depend if my theory is going to be right or not. So because uh, there's a couple things that happen in this episode that uh, make me think that the way that things go down – the way that we actually got. So uh, there's a lot of lot of little things. But before we get to that, we'll, let's just recap the rest of the episode. Um, and then we'll go into it because that could take a couple minutes to go through. But uh, I've thought it all through and uh, I- I'm pretty sold on my thought process. And after stating that and looking at it all, apparently there's a couple other people out there too that have written articles after they sell the episode that share a similar mind uh, mindset to it too. So... Uh, maybe it'll have credence. We'll wait and see. But uh, I've got to say, just when we got to Earth Two, though, the moments between Joe and Iris were some of the most touching ever. I, we got to hear Papa Joe sing once again. Uh, but I love them just telling stories about the hey, remember this time that this happened. It, it was everything about that scene was so beautifully done, uh, and I love that it happened on to Earth Two, where where Wells is there too, because you know these are the things that went through his head. Uh, when Jesse was taken by Zoom last season, so yeah, yeah, I, I think it tied together very, very nicely.
0: Yo, I agree with that, and it's uh, that mo- those moments, like where Joe and Iris were dancing, uh, you know, together. It's it, I think that's a good point when the feel when a lot of feels started happening too, is because you start to realize when you're watching that, that you're like, God, I don't want this relationship to break. Like, I don't. It, you see. I want to. I want to say that. The, the, I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I'm, it's, it is because I, I am just physically exhausted. But um, now this episode,
1: actually, there's a, like I said, there's a lot to unpack in this one. Yeah, so I understand it. So, um,
0: but the feels that happen in this episode and the things that the, uh, that cause it are not just Barry, Iris, and Joe. There's a little piece of every character that goes through something. HR goes through it when he reveals to Savitar where iris is um you know uh tracy brand goes through it when she realizes that the speed cannon does not work it does not stop him cisco is going through it because he's battling caitlin uh joe is going through it because he's watching his daughter die like everything that happens in this episode is shared by every character the feels are spread out and i think that's what makes it kind of more feels it's because it's, it's everybody sharing in it now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could, I don't know if it was just me, but if you, you felt the change of the winds in the very beginning of the episode, when Barry is running off to get a caviar for Iris in the morning and she picks up his phone and you're like, well, this is what's going to play when Iris dies. <laughs> uh, it's going to be that one moment. That's either going to give Barry hope or, comfort him in one way shape or form or is going to be the push that he needs to complete the job when it's all done. like you saw it coming you knew something bad was going to happen the moment she's like i have something to tell you and they cut away and like well you know she is screwed uh and this is going to happen like you absolutely know it in that moment
0: yeah yeah Um, exactly
1: there's no question about it there is something interesting about this episode though there was a very notable absence in this episode julian Uh, julian
0: yeah um do you think there's anything behind that or do you think he just was not filmed for this episode
1: i think there might be something behind that but um let's just let's get to the end here so we get to infantino street um the speed bazooka is a speed force bazooka sorry i gotta say it the right way um is used which has this great proton pack feel to it uh, this is great ghostbusters thing and you know what at first i was like that looks really cheesy i'm like that fits so perfectly in this show though um it's wonderful i got a i just kind of loved it after i was like wait no they make back to the future references every six seconds in the show yeah it believe it belongs in this show In the other shows not at all here absolutely um so we see this great th- that moment happen with barry realizing he fails and everything just goes to shit quickly. And that song, that five, four, three, two, one, starts playing. And as Barry's darting towards Savitar, we see Savitar skewer her through the chest and fall into Barry's arms, and he disappears. Uh, and then the quick reactions of everybody else around it, and all of the fuels immediately punch everybody. And now, I was sad because. I don't think we lost Iris. I think HR died. And I'm pretty certain HR died.
0: So you... Okay, so you think that's where the transmagnifier comes into play.
1: Why else would they bring that back into the penultimate episode? And... We haven't seen it in, I, what, episodes, since episode 5-6 to remind us that it's there. Where everything else in this episode was so deliberate. And then when you see uh, HR... Uh, You know, have his breakdown with Cisco, and Cisco leaves the room, and he he makes that statement. I will see you when I see you, and then he looks down and looks at the blade that they broke off from Savitar originally, the one that Jesse breaks off.
0: Oh man! Because here's I'm I'm putting all this together now. He he states those
1: things, and now look, Wally was yes, he was hurt. He maybe had his knee dislocated. Anything. Dude, speedsters heal fast. We've seen Barry get shot and continue to run uh, or be fine within a later point of the same episode to deal with whatever. He was disabled, was laid out. And I could have seen that HR would have said, you need to get me to Infantino Street. And when Barry is attacking Savitar and Iris is left alone, why couldn't Wally just run in, take her out of the situation, and HR takes his, takes her place? And makes that sacrifice
0: that's a really 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 good point i did not think of uh, i'm putting all that together and uh, god it makes so much sense because it, here's
1: here's one of the other key factors you have to look at too that picture that we keep talking about hr's in it but they're also reminding us that harry can easily be there too he was in this episode I mean, we've lost a Wells in every single season. Well, we had him in the last one, but like he left on, in the beginning of the season, and they brought in a new one. Who say that they're not going to just bring Harry back with the team, or they're going to have a new Wells next season. There's a high chance they could do this.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I, oh, man. That would really suck. It blows my theory to shit. Um but and but it would really really suck if that's the case uh because in all honesty i think i would be even more sad if that was the case over it actually being iris
1: yeah because i you know what like you just felt for him by the end of all this it was you know him and tracy having that connection with each other um and be like would you join team flash it was all of these super hopeful moments where everything else is somber, and for him to do that, he's just like, I keep screwing up. This is on me, and it's Cisco's like, you know what? You know what you do? You show up. You're always there, and that's I think the one way that he can feel like he can get redemption uh, on on what happened is to sacrifice himself in in replacement of all this. So uh, I would not be surprised if that's the case.
0: Um, God, that's gonna suck.
1: You feel you feel a lot sadder now, don't you?
0: I do! I really, really mm-hmm. do.
1: Like, I love Iris, don't get me wrong. But I really love every version of Dr. Wells that they've made on this show. I, I do
0: too, I, and that's one of the I, reasons why I'm going to be that sad if it happens.
1: Because HR, I mean, if you think about it, like, one was evil, one's still alive and kicking, and the other one that, you, you, the funny thing is, you you did not enjoy and... Now it's I think probably my favorite version of that character um, or one of my uh, – probably my – I think it's my favorite version of that character. So
0: – I think it's it's pretty close to mine too. I mean like I said, it took a little bit of time for me to – for it to grow on me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel the same way and I'm, I'm looking back and I'm thinking back to that, that photo of – the cast that we do see at the end um, you know that was leaked about the finale I don't remember Kavanaugh being in it
1: he is in it but it's not to say that he's not Harry true so very very true because we see Gypsy there too um, so it, it's that big question it, it, it's that massive question that that's going to be plaguing us until Tuesday night so uh, it's a uh, It's my guess. It is personally my guess right now. What happened? I mean, it's possible that that won't be the case. It's very possible that HR is perfectly fine. and It is Iris, and they're going to find another way out of it because they can do anything they want in this show. But there's something something that was just telling me, the way that they focused on those certain moments and those things, that it made a lot of sense if that was the
0: case. Uh, And like I said, that kind of blows my theory out of the water. Uh, what was I, I'm curious my theory actually was that the iris that dies is a time remnant and not it's, the and not the actual iris
1: it's possible uh, it, it, there could be so many there's so many possibilities in this and I, I have no idea how to answer it
0: because but, I, it, my theory was that the fact that Savatar only needs iris to die so that he is born uh, mm-hmm. so in essence, he really could only have to kill a time remnant of Iris, keeping the actual Iris alive in hopes that maybe he could convince the real Iris to love him again.
1: Very possible. You know what? I will say this because I do. And we have to move on. We're already at the, like not far away from hitting the, the hour market. Like we're like, what? 45 minutes in.
0: Yeah. So right that, right. There.
1: Um, i think the last big thing we have to talk about is we see that premonition come true too in this episode with cisco and killer frost facing off and in the forest and when i saw cisco on the ground i'm like if he loses his hands in this episode i'm gonna be really upset <laughs> um and i really hope that doesn't happen next episode too so it's uh because that's definitely where we see that fight happen in 2024 when we flash back to that moment so yep
0: oh Absolutely. god
1: damn it this is going to be in the very oh man. i don't know how flash manages to do it but their finales are always like holy shit um without fail i mean if they manage to pull it off for third year in a row i will i will be incredibly impressed there fi- i think that, i think they're about to
0: their finales always make me right before the finale airs always make me want to go back and rewatch the entire season
1: mm-hmm.
0: every year Happens every year. I always want to go back and rewatch the entire season before the finale. Yeah. to Just to relive everything that has happened up until this point. So uh-uh. we'll see. Um, yeah. So let's move on then to the final penultimate episode of the week that being Arrow season 5 episode 22 Missing. Black Siren returns to give Chase help Felicity plans a birthday party for Oliver Lance is angry with Renee for missing the custody hearing about his daughter. Uh so one of those things I think we had talked about before was the fact that the reason why Renee was missing was because we thought Chase had something to do with it and we were absolutely right. We don't see Renee at all this episode. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, it's pretty much revealed when everybody else, uh, that being um, Diggle, Thea, Curtis, and uh, Felicity. Dinah. And Dinah. Uh, you know, are all... Not Felicity, because Felicity is with Oliver. Um, are all kidnapped by Black Canary and uh, and Evelyn. so And brought to Lee and you, which is where we know this entire thing. God... I cannot wait for the finale. I know. I, I'm I I even getting into talking about this episode, just starting talking about this episode, I don't think I have been this excited for a finale of this show since season two. Oh,
1: I know. And I am already more excited about this finale than I was, I think, season two. And I season two I loved. This season I think is just part uh, pardon the language, but fucking the top. Hands down, I love this season so much.
0: And, and the way this episode ended, leading into this finale, I was already excited for this finale. But just seeing Nyssa and Malcolm again, and all of them working together, and then the fucking Slade Wilson at the end, who I we haven't seen since, what, season three, season two? Season three, when they had
1: that really crap like episode where he broke out of the prison when it was Ollie and Thea there. Yeah. And they were like, well, we know we really botched that usage of that character up then. Don't worry. We are going to fix it. And, uh, man, even just that quick moment, you're like, I am so ready for this to happen. Please let this happen. And I love that this coming episode. I know we're not even talking about this week right now, really. Uh, but next week... They have Captain Boomerang there, too. That's so great. I love this because that's showing that he's also locked up in that prison for Margus.
0: Oh, son of a bitch. We got to go back to Flash for a second. Um, It made me realize uh, fucking Cheetah.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I almost we almost glossed over that. We got
0: that Cheetah Vixen. um, We got references to these other characters.
1: Not Vixen. Uh, it was it was just, it Cupid. Was, it was Cupid, uh, Cheetah, and Grodd were yes. all locked up at that that point in Arcus. But oh my God, that is so awesome that they they're like, "Hey, boom!" Cheetah exists in this world, and everybody's like, "Please let that mean Wonder Woman <laughs> exists in this world." Because it, it, I, again, you know, this is kind of like that Harley Quinn thing when we we see uh, and hear Harley that one time, like back in like what season two, season three, whatever it was when we get that tease but oh man i love that they do that with argus we're like you know what even if it's just just for fun just to make everybody like wait did i just what i think i saw, I saw? yeah it's just oh god
0: yes yeah. so fucking great I, and like so yeah i'm sorry i had to jump back to that again oh with-
1: no i i we, we were so caught up in all that that i almost forgot about that too and i, I just watched the episode a second time last night and I'm like, God, that's amazing! And I almost completely forgot it myself.
0: Yeah, so. but when you but when you brought up Captain Boomerang, uh, it, it made me realize, like, son of a bitch, we forgot to mention Cheetah in in the Flash, uh, being locked up in Argus. So, yeah, it would have
1: been really upset at us if we forgot that one. So thank you for uh, thank bringing that up.
0: Yeah, no problem. Meanwhile, back on Arrow, um, super yeah, fr- Captain su- Boomerang, super this friends team. reference. Nobody got it. Yes. Yeah, okay. serious, and
1: I did. I, I, <laughs> My brain is trying to catch back up to where we were. I know. I'm like, I was like going through the log in my brain. I'm like, okay, yeah. so Captain Boomerang is going to be in this episode as well. So,
0: man, this finale is going to be insane. <laughs> uh, dude, again, the cast list is crazy. We know probably most of them are going to be flashbacks of some point. I don't care. Um, with the cast that we already know that we're getting in person between – uh, Malcolm Merlin, Nessa Al Ghul, Talia Al Ghul, um, Captain Boomerang, and Slade Wilson, that already is enough for me to keep me excited. But knowing that we're going to see flashbacks of all these other people, God, I uh, i really hope this lives up to the excitement of Honestly, what I have.
1: all it has to do is match the quality of episode 100. Yeah. Uh, and there was a whole bunch of legend stuff that happened in that episode uh and you know flash stuff that happened in that episode when they were just dealing with the crossover as a whole but every time they had a chance to focus on the arrow crew to celebrate episode 100 man they did such a great job playing like homage to everything that came before it and i have a feeling that we're gonna get that again um what a great way to celebrate the five years of this show both with that episode and what we guess is we're gonna see in the finale
0: so. Yeah, I mean, you talk about we're coming to the end of this five-year journey and for this character, uh, not just this character, but, you know, the other characters, too. And um, I love the fact that earlier on in the episode it's mentioned because it's something that I've been saying for a while is that out of all the characters that this show has from the very beginning, uh, you know, because obviously Curtis and, uh, and Dinah and um, – and uh, oh, God. um Renee? Right. Renee. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, these are characters that have come in later on into the season. But when you talk about the original core of characters, you're talking about Oliver, Thea, uh, Quentin, Diggle, and even Diggle. Diggle even came in, he came in the first season, but he was late to the team. Um, No,
1: he was, he was there before Felicity was. He okay. was Ollie's bodyguard in episode one.
0: Well, so. I do I do remember him being Oliver's bodyguard um, <laughs> that actually came up during the panel. Uh, funny story, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you talk about the original core characters. And one of the things I've always said over the course of this podcast is that the fact that I believe Thea is the one character that has come the furthest. And that kind of got touched on this episode by Oliver. You know, he even says to her, you've come so far. Uh, since you know we haven't celebrated a birthday of yours in how long? Oh, four years. So there's the five year journey. Um, you know the year you celebrated plus the additional four that they haven't celebrated in. And in that time, you know, th- you know, Speedy, you've come so far. Well, we all have. Like even before the flashbacks and before Lee and you, they're still they're showing that these characters have changed so much since the beginning. They really have. So um, I. I- I can't wait. I'm. I'm really looking forward to seeing where this show is going to go after this five year journey is coming is coming to an end. But with this five year journey coming end, man, coming to an end, the setup that they have for this to happen, uh, bringing all these characters back or in flashback form, and some of these characters back in real life, you know, Deathstroke and, and Slade Wilson, uh, you know, bringing them back and having it all end on Lee and you, man, you talk about completing a circle. This is how you do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a great way, and I love that Ollie's time on that island was started with Slade, and it's going to end with Slade. Um, and that's kind of awesome, too. I mean, all these little things that they're doing and that they're touching upon are, are so smart and so perfect, and I'm so excited and happy to see them handling this in such an amazing way. So,
0: Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet at the same time, too, um, mainly because we know that Barrowman is not returning to the series.
1: Yeah, which makes me feel like someone's going to go down uh, this coming episode. And I think there's a high chance of it. I, I, I think they are they are generally going to kill him off. This I, I,
0: and I think that too, especially because of the fact that he's saying, like, I'm here for Thea. I'm here for my daughter. Um, I think in the end, if it comes down to him meaning to sacrifice himself to save Thea, he'll do it. And I, I think knowing now that we know that Barrowman is not returning to the show... Uh, after this season, I think there's a very strong possibility that Malcolm Merlin will be killed off in the finale.
1: I do, too. And you know what? You could definitely tell that because he was the voice of reason to Oliver this episode. I mean, he he is even coming a a long way. Somebody that was just evil and conniving constantly and is going to go out, I think, as a hero um, when this is all said and done. This Um, this,
0: This finale is going to be his redemption story.
1: I think so. I and, really do too. And I,
0: I, I'll love it. I'll love to see – not – I i don't want to – when I say I'll love it, I will love to not i do not want to when i say i will love it i do not want to love to see him die. I, I'd love to see the character get redemption because I'm i am a fan of Malcolm Merlin. I'm a bigger fan of Behrman, but um, I've grown to like that character. So um, there's not even a part of me that's not even willing to say that there might be feels if Malcolm dies, especially if it's to save Thea.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's get to some other feels uh, in this episode, and that was very specifically watching Quentin come face-to-face with Black Siren. Because um, that was a gut punch to watch, too. Yes, uh, it certainly was. Um, but you know what, though? You can see exactly how they're setting her up for next season, because you can tell she is doing what she's doing, and she's not lying when she's saying, I'm doing this to keep you safe. Because we know Ollie died on Earth uh, too for her they never said anything about quentin and i would assume he did too because it's just that idea that when they had that exchange is like you know is like it's like you don't know what it's like to, to lose a daughter or something like that or lose somebody like in your family like that and she makes that statement it's like no i do and kind of gives them this longing look and her tear starts tearing up a bit so i think we we start like started to see the what is going to be the start of her redemption angle and how they're going to play that next season? Because we know she's a season regular. So,
0: yeah, no, I I agree with that too, and I'm, I'm very curious uh because we do know that she's coming back. We do know that uh, you know that Renee is coming back and Dinah are coming back. I'm very curious to see how that interaction is going to play out, especially now that even this episode we got. Uh, a new device from Curtis that allows Dinah to kind of focus the Canary Cry a little bit more. So that's almost confirmation that Dinah is still going to continue to be Canary next season. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how the Black Black Siren and Black Canary both exist at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, bear in mind too that – dinah still hasn't even been given the code name of black canary in the show yet that's very true Very true. so it's the question of how they they choose to handle that but we if you watch the trailer for next week or well this week sorry not next week um there is a showdown between the two of them together which was even in that sizzle reel that we got to see a couple weeks back so man this is gonna be so packed like we we get to see talia and Issa go at it and all this stuff so there's just oh my god so much fun um but, yeah, I mean, just in general, though, I think the, the, this was, again, pure setup because we're talking so much about next week because, again, it was just getting the pieces moving. The big real kind of thing that was really happening actively in this episode was the flashbacks more than anything else, which was the stuff with Constantine uh, Kovar and Ollie back on Lian and you, um, you know, where we see that come to come to a head, which I think it's kind of. I'm a little disappointed that wasn't fully wrapped up this week because I would have loved to them focus on Ollie getting ready to leave the island uh, on the finale. And that's all it was. It was just him reminiscing of what the five years he's had in his journey to get back home, which starts the Arrow Finder journey. So um, I think that would have been maybe a little bit smarter. I think that's one thing I would dig at this episode a little bit. Um, But I, I will say everything else that did happen very very excited very very happy with how it all played out
0: yeah yeah i agree with that too so i mean again i'll give a rundown of the cast for next week um again some of these most likely are going to be uh flashbacks uh in the form of flashbacks but we're going to see uh with the exception of the main cast who we already know we are going to see um uh anarchy ragman arsenal vixen uh raz al ghul, john constantine katana moira queen talia al ghul amanda waller deadshot tommy merlin uh nessa al ghul constantine kovar and that's about it but
1: uh, i think vixen's in there too i don't know if you said that
0: uh i i did say vixen yeah okay yeah, yeah mega is okay yeah
1: yeah there's a lot of lot of names on that one so uh
0: um, yeah so i mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out next week yeah but i um, have not been this stoked for a finale uh in two or three years and yeah
1: i I know we barely even talked about the actual episode we watched this past week. Most of it has just been us gushing about what's to come. But, I mean, I think that's just because we're that that excited. Well, Again,
0: as, I, a lot... as I even said earlier on, too, it's one of the reasons why the episode only got a hero and not a legend was because this season is pretty much – this episode was pretty much just set up for, it's like, for what's Pr- happening next
1: Prometheus week. Prometheus took William. Ollie now knows it. And it's kind of like, okay, this is how this has got to go. Uh, I mean, aside from that, there – you know, And the Constantine stuff that happened and the rest of the team being taken, the only thing that was really very prevalent um, that we did get to see in, that wasn't the stuff we talked about is uh, the potential setup of Ollie and Felicity again. And that was about it. But that was so overshadowed by everything else that
0: happened. If you, if, if I could give an um, audible headbang, I would <laughs> um, because, again, we talked about this before. I don't care about the relationship right now there's so much other stuff going on unless you're going to build this whole budding relationship back up again to kill off felicity so that it kind of destroys oliver going into the next season why do it i don't get it
1: i guess to give him a sense of hope um uh, especially over everything that's happened so far this season i mean this season was dark um And, you know, you got to see them celebrate a little bit this episode. Um, It was the birthday party where you're seeing all the characters trying to ship the two of them again. I'm like, no! Stop that! (laughs) Bad arrow! Exactly! (laughs) Um, Because it's just been done. You don't need to keep, you know, going back to the well. It's okay. I'm glad you guys tried the experiment. Some people loved it, some people didn't. There's no sense going back to it to be divisive uh, divisive again at this point. It just... Just let the show evolve at this point. Yeah. I, I think I think we're about to get, hit this major evolution next season, um, and I would hate to see it weighed down by old ideas. So I really want to see them take the ball, run with it, and just go from there. So,
0: no, I I agree with that. So I just don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Regardless, the season finale is going to be amazing. It, it, you know, the only thing that would. Weak in it is if uh, Ollie and Felicity drive off into the sunset again, like the end of season three. <laughs> no, uh, God, don't even. Don't, don't,
0: don't, don't,
1: uh, but don't. But no, I, don't I, 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 generally, I generally think it's going to be an amazing finale. Um, Out of all of these, I think I'm the most excited for this one. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned earlier on, too, um, something that came up during the David Ramsey panel. And now I don't remember what it was I was talking about. I can't. I can't remember what were we talking about. Oh, well. I
1: don't know. I wasn't there.
0: I know. <laughs> no, we were. We were talking. You and I were talking about something breaking down the episode, and I said, you know, it was something that kind of came up this weekend during the panel with Ramsey, and now I don't remember what it was.
1: Oh well, and it's okay.
0: Yep oh
1: well everybody just has to uh watch watch the facebook page and we can go from there uh so before we hit the news and recommendations one of the things we have to talk about i know ben hasn't got to play i think any of it
0: no i've been so busy this weekend i have not had a chance to play injustice as of yet
1: so i know a lot of people have finished the story mode i have not because i've been getting sucked sucked into so many of the modes because i really wanted to make sure i got a chance to touch upon a little of everything when we did this review I, I will say right off the bat, I do have a score for the game and I will say this deserves its legend. Uh, absolutely no question about it in the mind. If I had to give this a number score, I would easily give this a nine out of a 10. Um, uh, the only things I would say that are negative, uh, actually comes into multiplayer and not the single player content of this game. Uh, so I have had an opportunity to put about maybe five to six hours into the story so far. Uh, I don't know if I have hit a dent yet For those of you that have played it uh, I am now at a point where it is Catwoman and Cyborg Getting ready to head into Arkham Asylum So if that gives people an idea that have beat it Then you'll know exactly where I am So a lot happens in this But again, similar to Injustice 1 And the last two Mortal Kombat games As far as the storylines go uh, This gives you a chance to play every character From what I understand Or just about every character um, there are 28 characters and 29, including Dark and Brainiac, in this. So that's a lot of people to play. I mean, and I, just it's insane. But I will say yet again, NetherRealm Studios continues to crush the idea of that fighting games can have storylines that feel great, have weight, and are consistently amazing. The only thing that's a little tricky is the fact that you're constantly flipping characters, so you, you have moments where you're diving into a fight. Have no idea how to best work with a specific character type, um, that can be a little frustrating. And I think that's something that kind of hurts the game a little bit. But at the same time, though, the story is so good; it essentially feels like you're playing this, you know, six to ten hour long movie with these amazing, you know, fight fight scenes that you're controlling happening in the middle of it all. And if you've never played uh, one of the newer NetherRealm games between uh, MKX, Mortal Kombat Nine, Injustice One, or now Injustice Two um you owe it to yourself to play these if you especially if you love dc um this is such a great story it is a direct continuation of injustice one uh and where that leaves off we do see some things filled in with the gap uh which is great and if you have been reading the comics it, it that all pulls together and ties in together really nicely it's it's this little kind of codex you can use like uh that They continued to write before Injustice 2 kicked off. So uh, the storyline is fantastic. I love every little bit of it. Uh, And up until Friday night, there was a lot of characters I have not played as of yet. Um, But I have had an opportunity now to, you know, play a lot of the single player, which is not just a storyline, but if you did the Star Labs missions in Injustice 1 before, they now have the multiverse, which is these tiny little stories and little storylines that you get to play out. Uh, But they work kind of like a traditional, almost the best way, again, to go back to Mortal Kombat, where you're playing these tiers, like when you're going through a traditional tournament. Sometimes you're only going up against three characters, sometimes you're going up against six to eight. Uh, And occasionally you're dealing with different status effects and modifiers that are thrown at you, like hey, use five uh, leg sweeps for this, and all these other little things that they throw at you to try to do uh, during certain matches. And doing that actually rewards you very handsomely by completing these objectives, which gives you currency and loot boxes. Uh, Normally, I'm not a fan of the idea of loot boxes to unlock stuff, uh, but they're kind of exciting in this game. I really enjoy the fact that You get these different tiers of mother boxes, starting off with, like, bronze, silver, gold, then, uh, you know, I think it's diamond, then platinum. Um, And all of them give you pieces to unlock, which is great, Um, which adds all of this extra flair to the game itself. Um, Especially when you're going into multiplayer or if you're playing people online, you now have your beefed up character you get to work with which makes you want to keep going back but it's so seamless and every time you get a loot box you immediately want to jump over the brother eye and the vault and then just open the loot box see what you have which makes you want to go into the character customize uh customization and be like "Ah, oh, crap this is a tier 10 item and my you know green arrow is only a on level six maybe i need to go do some more missions and you immediately dive into playing more missions to boost up your stats to be able to use that piece of gear it, it, there's this cycle whenever you pick up that game it's very hard to put down um in addition to that too the multiplayer and the online is phenomenally done it is so well handled the ranked match uh just oh finding open rooms uh joining guilds all these little things are so easy so well put together um and it gives you such this feeling of there's this this never-ending like Earth of content in front of you at all points in time there is always something to do and then the multiverse daily is changing you have guilds that you can join and if you haven't done this yet if you have the game sign up for a guild like keep refreshing the game until you find a guild that's got a lot of medals or has a large roster of players because you're all working together uh, to take down other guilds or beat certain multiverse things together as a guild every trophy you get gives you additional loot that you can get So the fact that even if you're not participating constantly, check in on your guild constantly because you'll always be getting new medals. They'll allow you to get more loot as well from doing these things. But it's great because it gives you a sense of community in the game. Everybody's working towards things. You can see your objectives you're working on in your guild together, where the guild is at as a whole and that's stuff that you can do in the multiverse without having to be online. You don't have to do this through rank matches. If you're not good against online opponents, if you're still trying to get a feel for the game, there's a good reason to do a lot in this game. Um, but I am absolutely blown away. Now playing multiplayer at home against people doing couch co-op or well, not couch co-op, but you know, couch versus there is an issue, which is why I would not give this game a 10, uh, Now, on PlayStation, and I think this is the same way with Xbox, everybody has their own unique profiles. Now, I can't have two people signed on to my profile on PlayStation at the same time. Somebody can be signed on as a guest. But because my multiverse time I've spent is on my profile, when somebody is playing Player One that my user is hooked onto, they'll have access to all of that gear. If you are Player Two, you have access to none of that gear. Which makes the fights a little unbalanced if you forget to turn off uh, it, it, you know, using that exclusive gear and powered up characters. Uh, for people that maybe are going up against a level 10 or a level 20 character versus somebody that's going up against a level 1, that level 20 has got a big advantage on them. And that can really make that difficult if you didn't realize... That those options are on. Uh, the other problem with that too is we have these premium skins out there, like Reverse Flash and all the other ones you could unlock in the game. You can't easily access uh, access that from the the you know player mode when you're going in versus. You can't say I'm going to use a Reverse Flash skin. You have to back out of the game, make sure that's selected for the flash as one of your loadouts already if you haven't done that. So you have to back out, go into custom uh, custom characters. You have multiple loadouts you can do per character, so you could have one that's set up one way. Number two is your reverse flash, and you can select them there on that screen, but player two won't have access to them. Um, that's that's a big downside, and I think that's something that they need to find a way to patch. Because um, I, I do think that is a little imbalanced, and it's not a great way for people to easily change their loadout without having to get out of versus mode. So that is a little bit of a a downside and disappointment. If you're playing this primarily yourself at home, nothing to worry about. But if you're playing with a lot of people over, we were doing four or five of us playing, uh, kind of like round Robin tournament style. Like, you know, whoever wins stays in until they get dethroned. And, uh, we played for a good two and a half hours. Every, every character was played. And I think every one of us got to play just about every character. Everybody feels so unique and on their own. Um, And it's an amazing, amazingly great accomplishment. The one thing I will have to definitely say about this game, man, I don't think I've ever seen facial animations this good in a video game ever. Um, It rivals just about anything I think I've ever seen, even over things people like Naughty Dog that we saw in Uncharted 4. Uh, Watching some of the facial animations are just amazing, absolutely amazing. I think Harley Quinn is, when you see her and watch her talk in the cutscenes, and anything like that, you will be blown away and absolutely blown away. Um, so, massive props to NetherRealm Studios for the game. Um, I, I I gotta say, this is a game that's got legs, and I will be playing it for a long, long time coming.
0: So, all right, <clears throat> I'm I'm looking forward to playing it. I mean, I have not yet had the opportunity, so um, who knows? I, hopefully, uh, I have a screening tomorrow, so it won't be tomorrow uh maybe tuesday but i think we're planning on doing something wednesday are we not
1: uh you know what we were talking about doing our fight night and i just realized maybe it's a bad night to do it because that's the arrow finale Um, oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) the time that we were talking about starting it is when arrow uh hits for the folks on the east coast so i don't think that would be wise i think we're gonna have to push this back a week um which is good because that gives you some time to play uh if people want to build up their gear uh we'll give people an opportunity to do so get a chance to get the get us added in to your friends list I, i've gotten one friend request i don't know who it was yet on playstation i got it uh, too
0: and i don't know who it is either
1: i think it's like lockjaw is the name yeah. i believe um so uh make sure when you do that send us a message say who you are and then make sure you do this real name request so we'd like to know who we're playing with uh, i know i do specifically and it gives us a better idea of uh, if this is just a random friend of ours that is hitting us up, but if you give us a message and say, "Hey, DC Prime Time," whatever it may be, uh, it's a good way to do that. But you know, as much as I would love to do it this week, uh, the fact that again, it's uh, because we couldn't do it last week because of uh, you getting ready for Harrisburg, it makes a lot more sense saying, "Hey, uh, let's meet not on the night of one of the show finales." So. Uh, But we do have our idea for the contest, so we are going to do two two contests, actually. So for those of you that do not have Injustice, uh, there's still a way for you to get in on this. And then for those of you that are playing Injustice, uh, we are going to do the fight night, uh, let's say next Tuesday, uh, 8 p.m. Does that work? Or uh, no, we are seeing Wonder Woman that night, yes. aren't we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we are.
1: Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, eight p.m. Eastern time. So, um, that'll uh, give people plenty of time. We'll, we'll set set the time from eight o'clock to ten o'clock next Wednesday. Uh, so that is the first uh, is when we'll do this. So the winner of the tournament, uh, which can't be me or Ben, whoever does the tournament. Uh what we're going to do is we're going to give you your very own episode and you are going to be the host not the co-host the host. Uh me and Ben will be your co-hosts but we can discuss and this will be a summer episode. Uh it'll be whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want the talking points to be if you want to do do something specific um we we will bend to your will for an episode. Yeah. So <laughs> uh but what we will also do though too um is uh, We will give a couple weeks as well for the folks out there that are not playing Injustice. If you want to get in on this, give us a reason why you should host DC Primetime for an episode during the summer, and uh, we will do the same thing, so you get to come up with it. It doesn't have to be our normal long episode. It can just be a half hour, 45 minutes, and then we'll still do our normal stuff. But our, our major talking points will be what you want to talk about for that episode while you host, and me and Ben get to be your co-hosts. So... Uh, we thought it was something fun to do, um, and it allows us to restore a little bit of funds so we can start buying some more things for giveaways in the future. Um, because, again, Ben just had this convention. Uh, I, I'm doing a lot at the house right now. It gives us a little bit of time to recoup some funds, um, but it also gives us some fun stuff to do with the summer, and that's uh, that, that'll be two episodes right there. So uh, so just write in on our or, uh, page on DC Primetime uh, on our Facebook, so facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Jump on a visitor post and say why you should host an episode and what your episode would be, um, and then uh, we'll uh, pick somebody in a couple of weeks from now. We don't have an end date or a start date yet, really, for it. But as soon as you hear this, you can get your entry in there. If you are entering into the tournament, uh, you can only enter once. You can either do through the tournament for the fight night itself or through the uh, the Facebook group. That way, you can't get two episodes. So, for those of you that are loyal listeners. Sorry, guys. Not ever. You can't have two episodes in the summer, uh, unless there's not a lot of responses. If that's the case, man, do it up. Have fun. <laughs> so, and then uh, you can take over the show, and then me and uh, me and Ben can have long breaks, and you you can run the show. while well, we have our absence. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So we just think it's a fun way to do this.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, let's do the news because I'm tired. I still have to edit, and I want to go to bed. <laughs> absolutely uh
1: so we we don't have a lot here um man you're just making me talk for a long time today. Uh,
0: no you're just talking on your own by, by yourself there buddy uh, i know i know <laughs> it's fine believe me i i welcome the break this time around i know all right so
1: let's just get to brass tacks There's not a lot of news stories here we're gonna get with the late ones first and then move into the biggest stuff at the very tail end uh the the one that was uh made people a little scared was uh the NASCAR incident that happened at the very beginning of the movie was the <laughs> the Wonder Woman-themed NASCAR drive by Daniel, uh, Danica Patrick, uh, which burst into flames when it was struck. It's um, an uh,
0: omen for the movie.
1: Well, <laughs> it may not be. Uh, because, uh, like I said, while that did happen, thankfully Danica Patrick was perfectly fine, uh, wasn't hurt. I think one of the third drivers was uh, trapped in the car and did fracture, uh, get a compression fracture in his back. Uh, but... It sounds like everybody is recovering fine. I'm sure that's not what Warner, uh, Warner Brothers would have loved to have seen is the fate of the uh, the Wonder Woman car. But, hey, thankfully, again, everybody's safe. And everybody's like, oh, no, that's not a good omen for the things to come. But surprisingly, one of the things that is happening, while there is an embargo on the reviews until the 31st, I believe, 31st or the 1st, I can't remember exactly what it is, uh, but we did see some early reactions were allowed to be released. Uh, they just people weren't allowed to reveal their full review, uh, but they were allowed to give their early thoughts on social media. And uh, quite a few people have done so. And a lot of them have been names that people were kind of like, I don't know who this is. Well, that changed when IGN actually came out and started saying their piece because they've seen it as well and this was ign's reviewer terry schwartz and i'll state specifically what they said this is i can finally share my thoughts on wonder woman i really loved it it's not perfect but its charms absolutely won won me over gal gadot is wonderful uh pun fully intended i believe in that one too and they said it. they went on to say Wonder Woman is inspiring, funny, moving, action-packed, and very much the movie I was hoping it would be. I can't wait for all of you to see it. A couple of people asked, yes, in my opinion. This is, hands down, without question in my mind, the very best DCEU film to date. Wonder Woman is an absolute joy. Um, That is very much not the style discussions people were having about things like Suicide Squad. So, this sounds like this is going to be potentially a big turning point. So, I'm very happy to see that. Some of the other notable people that did respond in this as well uh, was Indie Wire, another uh, big reputable press as well. Wonder Woman is easily my favorite DCEU film, has the humor and the heart the franchise so desperately needs gal gadot and chris pine are charming as hell mashable also coming out and saying that this is the ray of light the dceu has been waiting for gal gadot just owns this collider as well editor in chief Stephen Watrob called wonder woman a blast and said gal gadot is amazing her chemistry with chris pine is absolutely magnetic this is a massive absolute recommendation from me uh and then we're also seeing coming soon.net was one of the biggest ones i think that uh was holy crap and said Wonder Woman is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight. I'm already looking forward to seeing it again. Uh, and then also we're seeing people like The Rap and several other people out there from IGN as well uh, that have seen it all saying the same things. These are a lot of people that have af- actually have panned just about every DCEU movie. So the fact that these people are the ones that are coming out and saying this uh, gives me a lot more hope than uh, I was anticipating. So... None of them are saying this is perfect, but every one of them said they absolutely, absolutely enjoyed this. So uh,
0: I, I'm, I'm still hopeful. We'll see.
1: Yep. Yeah, you know what? Like I said, there's a lot of names here that I do know from reading reviews from in the past. So uh, And people that are very critical in the DCEU. So I'm very happy to see that this is what these people are going to say. But I will tell you guys next week, before even the next episode... Um, or actually, no, right after next week's episode, we will be seeing the movie on the 30th, and if you make sure, and I'm gonna remind you guys now, and we'll remind you next Sunday when we record and talk finales, keep an eye on our Facebook page that night, because we will be doing a pseudo review we can't fully review it because there is an embargo but we can give you our impressions of the film and we will do that live on facebook so yeah and, and, and
0: most likely you're looking at i think probably around like 9 30 eastern time is probably when we'll be out and able to to talk about and do the facebook live thing
1: 9 30 10 p.m um or the is moment... the,
0: i can't remember is the screening at 7 30 you keep talking i gotta look and see i gotta yeah, confirm yeah, yeah. the time
1: of the screening sure sure so like i said we will be doing that while ben's looking that up let's just dive into the rest of the news and we'll talk that again real fast so uh jumping over real quick uh, ray fisher has said the cyborg movie is still absolutely on track for the 2020 release um because we don't have that much more to go on that but we do know for a fact um it is still absolutely slotted for 2020 uh moving over real quick to let's jump into some aquaman stuff we did see an amazing maquette that came out the last couple of days that is showing a very comic book accurate version of uh, The King of Atlantis. Uh, We don't know if this is going to appear or this is something that was used for pre-production for the character's design for either uh, Justice League or for the Aquaman film, but I I think there's a high chance we're going to see the traditional orange and green uh, appear in that film. But even the maquette that we see here in these shots looks really fantastic, and it looks great. It looks like they're going more with gold over the orange, but... It's got that scale look, and it looks really damn cool. I really hope we do get a a chance to see that. But uh, even if it doesn't make an appearance, I will make sure that picture is posted up on our Facebook page for everybody to check out. Um, I guess uh, aside from that, we do need to talk a little bit about The Flash as far as the movie is concerned. Uh, There was a story going around earlier this week that we even posted that Billy Crudup uh, was dropping out of the film uh not the case that has been updated and we did even update that even in the comment section uh he stated absolutely not he is not dropping out warner brothers has 100 percent confirmed that and i think Ian billy crud has come out and said nope not the case at all guys uh the movie is a little bit in limbo at the moment while they're trying to find their new director no word on that as of yet uh, I know uh, Sam Raimi has passed on it, but he was one of those names that was brought up a while back. We still haven't heard anything yet about Robert Zemeckis. Um, I know they're still trying to find the right right person for the job. So hopefully they will uh, come and find that soon enough. But one of the other things we need to now discuss is moving over to the TV realm. Uh, we got the first trailer, guys, for Black Lightning this week, which looks beautiful. It looks um, really good. Yeah. Uh, very, very excited to see... This uh, not being far off, we know the show is going to be a mid pickup. It is ordered for 13 episodes, has been confirmed at this point in time, is not part of the Air Universe. Um, my thoughts right now on that, if you didn't see my thoughts on the Facebook page, my guess is that this show is not going to be tied to it for the time being until they prove themselves after the 13 episodes, there's no sense in trying to make things more convoluted until they know they've got a winning product on their hands. I think that's what we're going to see. If we get a really good, strong 13 episodes, there's a really high chance that maybe come season two, they'll choose which Earth this, this is going to be on. But my guess is they're going to handle this the way that they handled Supergirl. So, um, But Supergirl also had the ability to tie into it because they had a lot more episodes to work with. Than 13 and they're not being introduced into another show so um but yeah mid-season show mid-season pickup um we know it's not going to be part of like i said any form of crossovers we did get re uh, reiteration that the Arrowverse is getting a big four-part crossover again though this season um so it's a big wait and see and again mid-season pickup so my guess and i'm wondering how this is going to impact legends because we know legends will be tied in the cw schedule uh, night and night with flash again um, my guess is we're gonna see Legends power hardcore through from the start of the season till uh, Christmas break. And then after Christmas, we will uh, definitely see um, Black Lightning take its time spot. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So, big wait and see on how that plays out. But one of the things we do need to discuss, speaking of Legends, is the synopsis for Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow have been released for next season. Uh, well. Flash and Arrow don't say anything new. Legend certainly does. Uh, And I'm going to read that for you guys really quick. It says, After the defeat of Eobard Thawne and his uh, equally nefarious Legion of Doom, the Legends face a new threat created by the actions at the end of last season. In revisiting a moment in time that they had already participated in, they essentially fractured the timeline and created anachronisms a scattering of people, animals, and objects all across time. Our team must find a way to return all of the anachronisms and the original timeline before the time stream falls apart. But before our legends can jump back back into action, Rip Hunter and his newly established Time Bureau... Call their methods into question. With the Time Bureau effectively uh, effectively the new sheriffs in town, the legends disband until Mick Rory discovers one of them in the middle of a well-deserved vacation in Aruba. So, sounds like uh, <laughs> we will definitely see Mick Rory come across one of these aberrations and be like, crap. Uh, seeing this as an ab- opportunity to continue their time-traveling uh, heroics, Sarah wastes no time in getting the legends back together. We reunite with billionaire inventor Ray Palmer, the unconventional historian turned superhero Nick Haywood, and Professor Martin Stein and Jefferson Jackson, uh, who together form the Meta uh, MetaHuman Firestorm. Once reunited, the legends will challenge the Time Bureau's authority over the timeline and insist that however messy their methods may be, some problems are beyond the Bureau's capabilities. Some problems can only be
0: fixed by legends. It's Nate Haywood, too, by the way. Oh, yep. You said Nick.
1: Yep, they, they actually even have it written as Nick Haywood, probably because they wrote right next to it, Nick Zano, so they even screwed themselves up. There you so. go. So, sounds like we've got something very interesting on the future, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, the Facebook Live for Wonder Woman will probably be around 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, because uh, the screening does not start until 7.30, and the movie has a 141-minute uh, running time. Okay, so.
1: Uh, That is it for the news for the week. Um, Nothing against
0: you, but thank God.
1: uh I'm tired, tired too. (laughs) I had a very long day myself. You had a long weekend. I know we're both ready to get out of here. Uh, So, (laughs) recommendations... Uh, for me is obviously what Ben's just about to say. Uh,
0: just keep your eye out on the Next Level Radio, uh, Facebook, uh, Next Level Radio website, uh, which I'll do my cheap plugs at the same time too. Um, nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, click on the events tab and pretty soon you'll see a link up there for, uh, uh, Harrisburg Comic Con. Uh, but also keep an eye on the Next Level Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Online. Uh, as well as our Facebook page, facebook.com slash dcprimetime, for just a bunch of stuff coming from uh, the great coverage we got at a Harrisburg Comic Con. I'll be posting that throughout the week.
1: Awesome. Uh, as for me, you can always find me as well, uh, as aside from the Facebook page uh, Ben just mentioned. But uh, over at nextlevelradioonline.com, through the Capping Crew cast of Pods, uh, we had a new episode that we recorded last week that Ben was on where we went through uh, the career of Joss Whedon. That was a fun that, one, too. That was a lot of fun, uh, where we got a chance to talk about his early career, uh, his uh, his pro- uh, properties and works that he did on TV, and his uh, his film career. And we did talk a little bit about background in there. So yeah, uh, it's some of the stuff uh, we have discussed here, but uh, definitely make sure you check that out. It was a ton of fun. Uh, it was uh, myself, Ben, my wife, Kat, uh, our good friend Jada, and our friend, Bill. Um, this was our single first real uh, planned single talk episode. We weren't sure how it was going to go. It went over fantastically. Uh, we're not quite sure what the next topic is going to be, but uh, that episode is uh, nail out. Um, so make sure you get a chance to give that a listen. And as always, go support our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com, where you can check out tunes that he provides for us on our show that you get to hear each and every week. Um, and guys, I am so excited. Next week... We get to talk finales. I know Ben's excited. So be ready for it. And uh, we'll see you then. So yeah. I'm I'm very pumped.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, going back to real quick, your caffeine crew, it's uh, the works of Joss Whedon or uh, a.k.a. There's something about Spike because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very popular character that came up quite a bit during that that episode
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: but that's going to wrap it up for this issue of dc prime time as always we thank you for contributing we thank you for listening uh we thank you for being a part of the community and we encourage you to continue to do so by messaging commenting and sharing uh our links as well as our page with all of your friends especially if they are fans of these dc shows uh next week is Finale Week, not for us, but for the shows, and God, I can't wait. It's going to be an incredible week. I have such a busy week this week, too. I have a screening of Pirates uh, today at the time you're listening to this. Uh, I have a concert with with Brianna. We're going to see Mumford & Sons on um, Thursday night. Friday night, uh, I'm going to the zoo with her and her daughter, weather permitting. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday is Memorial Day weekend leading into Monday. So uh, it's a busy, 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 busy week.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we've got our, um, you know, I've got my my parents-in-law, uh, you know, my uh, yeah parents-in-law. We had their, their joint 60th birthday that we're surprising them with this coming weekend. So we have been getting the house in order. So I've been doing an obscene amount of actual work on the house itself. And in addition to that, my new PC is in, and I just started building the new arcade machine, so it's been, uh, it's been a busy week. But then, again, finales, and then Wonder Woman the week after that, so yeah, very excited.
0: For sure. But that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Prime Time. We'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.